薄いのはほthose types of things. Okay, so I edit and adapt uh, manga scripts and I oversee the production of manga. I've been working for Shoujo Beat at Biz since 2005 and I've worked on titles like Oran, Vampire Night, Al Hada Ride, We Were There, Not Your Idol, Incurable Case of Love, Demon Prince of Momochi House, and... Uh, the upcoming Fushigi Byako Senki. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay. Uh, yeah. I am too. I actually worked on the Fushigi Viz Bigs, which were a new uh, collector's edition of the old series. So it's nice to be able to do the new series now. Yes. Okay. So obviously, yes, you're the editor on Alharu Ride. So it makes sense. Uh, that you are here, and uh, yeah, I guess I should mention for the podcast sake that this this episode is a little unusual because we don't normally do currently running series, but Alhari Ride is still coming out uh, in English, obviously from Shoujo Beat. Um, so, what, what? How many volumes are out now? Eleven, ten. So, Alhari Ride ten is out this month. Okay, that that makes sense because I think in in buying it for this podcast, I bought everything that was out, even though we're not doing everything that's out, and it was only nine. So ten coming out this month makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there are thirteen volumes total. Yes, yes. I only ha- I was actually when I was working on twelve, I was like, oh no, there's only one more volume. I got kind of sad. You got emotional. Then, see, <laughs> I was, but then I'm I'm currently working on Love Me, Love Me Not, which is her next series. So it felt like a softer. Oh, okay, there you go. You know, because I'm like, okay, but I'm still working on Love Me, Love Me Not. Yeah, you're like Love Me, Love Me Not is still here for me. <laughs> That's fine. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. And then uh, there's also Strobe Edge, which is Iwasaki Saka's like first big work that. We already covered on this podcast a while ago, and uh, that's also available. But yeah, I, I feel like Our Heart Ride is a very big title. Actually, it had a you know, it's one of those rare shojos that had an anime, so people like know about it and stuff. Um, but Nancy, for people who may need their memories jog or haven't heard of Our Heart Ride, what is what is Our Heart Ride about? So Our Heart Ride is about a girl named Futaba who falls in love with. Um, a boy in junior high co and he moves away. They've kind of acknowledged that they like each other, but he moves away suddenly um, and she doesn't hear from him again. And then he moves back in high school. um, But he's completely different than the guy that she fell in love with before. That's, that's chapter one. No spoilers here. (laughs) Yes. That's the jumping off point. I guess the first two chapters because he, he leaves at the end of chapter one. He like comes back by chapter two or whatever. Um, and uh, why do you love Alhara Ryan so much? What's your what's your favorite part of it? 
I just really enjoy Iyo Sakisaka's manga. I think she's an excellent mangaka and she's really good at developing characters. She's got such pretty art and she does have, she has a good sense of perspective. I think character's perspective that she portrays in her manga and they're enjoyable to read. They're just, they're really good reads. Yeah, I, so reading, I had read volume one a while ago and then didn't keep going with it. And then this time I was like, you know, I still had the same struggle kind of with volume one where I was like, oh, this is so like weirdly paced. Mm. But then after that, I was like so into it. I was like, all right, now now it's like concretely in a story. I I, understand, I see these players, you know, <laughs> like it's great. Yeah, there is quite a bit of um, development, I think, in the first where you're trying to kind of figure out where it's supposed to go. I think she's just giving you the roadblocks a little bit, you know, or building blocks. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but maybe some roadblocks too. Um, yeah. Road, roadblocks is appropriate metaphor for this manga that's all about people trying to find themselves. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, but I think though too, like that first chapter, you really see who Ko is, you know, like she's so good at portraying just in that one chapter who they are as characters and then juxtaposing that later to what's going on. And I think Futaba, because she's she's fo so focused on what Futaba is doing, you know, there's there's the love aspect of it, but it, there's also her trying to navigate basically having mean girlfriends and feeling mm -hmm. isolated and not feeling like she can be who she really is, trying to please her friends, that I think is like so good that, that you know, it's um, very much like a middle school, you know, early high school type storyline that I really appreciated. Yeah, no, I my favorite part is just how relatable the whole story is. Like there there was literally one point in my notes where I was like, Futaba is being too relatable now. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm having too many yeah, feelings. It, <laughs> it felt really real. And like, honestly, um, so I think most girls go through a kind of navigation of friends, like who are good friends for me, who are bad friends for me, you know, who are people I actually connect with mm -hmm. that it really spoke to me a lot. Yeah, no, even just now, like talking about this, I didn't have these memories when I was reading necessarily, but now I'm like, oh yeah, I totally had that one friend who I was so close being friends with them. And then suddenly they like hated me. I feel like Fushu Yugi was actually somehow involved, which is really funny. So <laughs> there we go. It was like I had lent them my like Fushu Yugi DVDs and they like didn't return them ever. And, and now we just like don't like each other. That's like part of the story here. Yeah, funny. I have that in seventh grade. So I think I felt that way too, where you kind of, you realize that you need to um, cycle through like the current group of friends you have because you can't it just becomes an intolerable situation and you need to be brave and find a new group of friends. And I think a lot of people go through that. So yeah, that I really felt Futaba in that aspect. Yeah. Uh, I think, I feel like part of that is related to, I was going to bring this up later, but I feel like it's actually very appropriate now. Like Iosaki Saka's sidebars are kind of part of my favorite part of this manga. Cause like her life actually sounds really wild or like did sound wild. And <laughs> then like, things that happen to her characters actually seem less wild and I'm like wow I, I feel like that shows that Saki Saka learned like so many interpersonal very health healthy relationship things from like 
terrible stuff that happened in her past where she was like, my best friend stole my boyfriend? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I was, oh, like, right. yeah. I was like, oh my God, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of drama that goes on, right? So, I mean, for people who think that shoujo manga is overly dramatic, like, the shoujo years are actually pretty dramatic in reality. <laughs> yeah, right? You know? Yeah. And that's why I feel like the drama in this actually isn't, like, it could be so much worse. Because the characters aren't, like, the main characters, uh, you know, Futaba and her friends, uh, Yuri and Shuko. Like, none of them is petty. They're all like, okay, we're kind of loners. Now we're all friends with each other. And then they're just, like, so nice about things that should definitely tear friends apart, I <laughs> feel. And I'm like, wow, it's nice. Yeah, you know, that's that's the one thing I was when I was reviewing this early this morning, I was thinking about how Yuri and Shuko are both loners, like they're both kind of alienated from other friend groups as well. And Futaba and they're able to kind of connect, right? Mm -hmm. But Ko doesn't have that. Ko feels very alienated and but he doesn't have that kind of, you know, framework where there are people you know, later on, um, Aya Kominata comes in. But mm -hmm. it just kind of struck me how, like, the female characters were able to kind of establish a bond where Ko had much more difficulty. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's interesting also comparing it to, like, Ko, I don't think, ever had such a period where, like, Ko's whole thing is that he's always so real, <laughs> kind of like mm -hmm. he's just like I don't care what people think and partially the girls are always putting up uh like a front like Shuko's not mm -hmm. really but Yuri and, and Futaba definitely are um but you, you know, think Yuri is though I mean she has a point where she was like I get nervous around the guys and it's not really my natural personality it's just like it kind of comes but I out I think that scared. she's actually nervous I think she's actually yeah yeah but then I guess to me, it's like, that's not, it's a different kind of fakeness, I guess, where like, but if she became comfortable with somebody, it would eventually wear off, right? Like she would act not as cutesy and like scared see, or whatever. I, I see it from the opposite side because she's mm. eating lunch alone. She's alienated. She's not trying to be someone else to be accepted. Yeah. She's just like, okay, my life is hell and I will just hang out by myself you know so <laughs> I, I don't be cold outside she's kind of doing the opposite of Futaba who like keeps you know ego stroking her fake friends yeah but it's just interesting that Ko like is always true to himself but never is like alienated but he also just doesn't have any close friends partially because he like moves all the time apparently and also because uh you know, he's just, like, kind of cold and doesn't care because his whole deal is, uh, you know, we'll get there. But, like, attachments are, are kind of things that will hurt him in the end. So he's like, no, <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, that is interesting. He d he definitely doesn't get bullied like you could say the other girls do. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, definitely some gender happening there. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Before we get too far more into spoilers, I guess we'll we'll now now we're gonna go into like real real deep spoiler territory. So uh, <laughs> I mean, it's about the first half of a series, so like 
spoilers question mark question mark question mark but uh you know if you don't want to know what happens by the end of volume seven of our hard ride uh i advise you do not keep listening to this podcast right now um yeah so i did want to clarify exactly where volume seven leaves off which is a very dramatic note thanks nancy i'm so tortured right now so it ends with futaba realizing so there's a whole lead up we haven't mentioned Mr. Tanaka yet, but Mr. Tanaka is Ko's brother, and Mr. Tanaka is a teacher at all their schools, <laughs> which I'm like, that does seem really awkward for Ko. I would not. Mm. No, that's terrible. But so then he has been falsely accused of dating a student who they assumed was Futaba, but Shuko is the one who actually has a crush on Mr. Tanaka. Um, so they do resolve that, but in resolving that, Futaba realizes that though Ko is apparently dating her rival uh, and very sad girl, uh, Yui, <laughs> mm-hmm. that uh, she's like, I have to tell Ko how I really feel. And I'm like, yes, yay, I think this is good. <laughs> like, I'm, so, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared for you. So it just ends with her realizing that. And I'm like, God, all right. Yeah, cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, man. I mean... I gotta say, the cliffhangers are pretty good in this. Like, volume two... No, was it one? I don't even know. Volume one or two ended with uh, Yuri... Oh, yeah, it must have been two. (laughs) Volume two ended with Yuri being like, by the way, Futaba, I like Ko. And it's like, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I hate this. (laughs) But of course... It's really funny how easily I fall for, like the same shoujo tropes over and over again i'm i'm the perfect target audience <laughs> no <laughs> just so dramatic. yeah you could see it kind of happening you know i know but then i was like no they have to stay friends and then i'm glad they did so i was like all right you know what this was fine <laughs> i can deal with this so i feel like we've at least mentioned Oh, no, we didn't mention Toma yet, but okay, (laughs) Toma is eventually a love rival, too. But of the people, before we get really, really in-depth about all of them, um, are any of these people your, like, most favoritist character? You know, I kind of like them all. Like, I guess, I don't know if it's Ko or Futaba. The only people that I do not like are her fake friends. But, you know, the really awesome thing is it is like life where once she ditches them, you never hear from them again. So it's true. Uh, you think it's going to be this big dramatic thing. And then it's like uh, it then they're matter. gone. They're yeah. just cut from her life. And it's like, yay. Yes. <laughs> so, so um, but yeah, I like I like them all. I I definitely like the interaction between Ko and Futaba. Right. So. Oh, yes. I mean, if I had to pick a character, I definitely like Ko, mostly because I I always love the ones who like just say things kind of harshly, but are just trying to be honest and then are like, no, but I'm a nice person. I do like my actions are good. And then people are like, yeah, you are good. And I'm like, yeah. Um, I even appreciated in the one moment where I felt like I was like, Ko, what are you doing? Where he's trying, he has the like, he's trying to do the but Futaba, you are girl lesson with her uh, being like, you shouldn't go hang out with my riffraff on this random street. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he, he tries to, he's like, I will show you that I can easily overpower you. And then she starts crying and he's like, okay, no, I'm sorry. I, did, I should not have done, I should not have done that. That was mean. See, I think when I read that, I feel like that was the opening to the second scene, which is, I think, one of the two iconic scenes. 
um, of where he, they're in the same area, right? Like mm-hmm. when she goes um, later on to talk to him and, you know, the situation is reversed because he starts crying. Um, he, he finally realizes like he, he is able to like experience joy and pain and, you know, he stops punishing himself basically for his mother's death. At mm-hmm. this point, you know that, so it's not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. But um, but I felt like that, although the first one was a little awkward where he's like, you know, I am guy, whatever. Um, I think the answering to that, to show the juxtaposition is like the full arc of that, which I did appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought it was, you know, for that to be a scene still, I was like, okay, like, again, that was handled actually like really well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And when we get when we get into Tanaka and Shuko, too, there's big props there. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. I was like, oh, God, there's so a perfect, student teacher. So perfect hero. Okay, yes. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I can't. Okay, but you wait. You said there are two, like two iconic scenes. What's the other one? I don't like I didn't watch the anime. Uh, oh, well, it's in the it's in the manga, too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so the ones by the riverbank, I think. Definitely, if you see the anime, you you know, because it actually ends on that scene where he is coming to terms with his feelings. Um, So that's why everybody's like, why isn't there more anime? Because (laughs) it ends right there. You're like, that's the beginning of a story, not the end of one. (laughs) Right, right. But I think the other iconic scene, which is one of my favorites, uh, is when they're at the leadership retreat and... They're lying together with their heads on the desk. Oh, I did really love that scene. And she starts nuzzling his hair. And that whole sequence is just so romantic and shoujo and like so well done. There's like so much feeling, but there's very little dialogue going on in that scene. And I just was like, that is so perfectly done. That is just like absolutely amazing, that sequence. So that I do find that one. That's probably my favorite um, in Owl Hotterai, just that one sequence. Okay, that's that's fair. I would also agree with that. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, now, like, yeah, remembering that scene, I'm like, oh, it was so good. So yeah. good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I definitely only mentioned not watching the anime because I'm like, I assume the scenes are, like, clearer from the anime, like, which ones are dramatic because there's less of it. So it's like, oh, people, like, picked the, the two or whatever that are, like... <laughs> I feel yes. like they just went through like, the, I think that's volume five that that happened. So I think they just did, we're just going to do volumes one through five and that's that. Wow. So. No. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was 12 episodes, but I mean, it was production IG. So I really enjoyed it. I thought like the production was very good. In fact, you should watch it. So I should. I know. I've been telling myself all these years. I'm like, I'm going to watch it. And then I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad. Oh. <laughs> uh terrible anyway <laughs> but yeah no even reading the the scene yeah where they're they're flipping back and forth I was like well first of all I was like I haven't heard the word nuzzling I feel in years <laughs> I feel like I've been brought back to my like mid-2000s fan fiction days <laughs> where like <laughs> characters nuzzling each other was like height of cuteness I was like oh man all right cool <laughs> nice uh and then otherwise yeah I was like this is amazing yeah, I like how she adds um, aspects like scent. She adds other sensory experience experiences in her manga to kind of bring you into what the heroine is feeling, which I also appreciate. Yeah, anytime uh, Futaba is like 
the hair on the nape of his neck is so cute. I'm like, is this the new I stared at his eyelashes thing? Like anytime a mm-hmm. character stares at another character's eyelashes, I'm like, you are now soulmates. Yeah. And I I love how Ko is onto her too. He's like, stop smelling me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, what? He's like, dude, don't don't try. You definitely sniff me <laughs> like a weirdo. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they're they're cute. I'm like, oh, you guys are too cute. It's it's ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, I guess we should. Okay, now explain everybody's like hangups. I guess uh, more clearly. So Futaba initially has this problem with like being fake for like a volume. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, then she starts to she starts to open up. I guess somewhat ironically, once uh, Ko comes back into her life and she's like, you know, he needs to stop being stuck in the past. And he's like, you need to stop being stuck in the past. <laughs> like, first of all, you're like, get off my back. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So now now she just has a lot of um, trying to think like what's what? Yeah. Her biggest problem right now is that her and Ko have been so dancey around their feelings for years and volumes at this point. Uh that, uh, you know, somebody else has come and taken Ko under her nose. And she's like, well, I guess the only way to get closure is to, to tell him how I feel and see what happens from there. And I'm like, all right. I mean, it's true, but oh, girl, <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> then uh, I, I <laughs> so Ko, Ko's biggest problem is definitely uh, his his mom tragically dies and he you know blames himself because he was the only one his parents were divorced so he was the only one who was taking care of her because his dad and brother lived like far away um so they couldn't come that often and ko is like i spent all my time uh like he becomes a slacker in school not not because he's like depressed but literally because he's like i spent all my time when my mom was alive studying for school instead of like eating dinner with her and that was yeah. a mistake because now she's dead. Um, and I'm like, that's that's real. Um, definitely don't try too hard in, in school, kids. Like, for real, it's not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's my, like, real life advice. Um, and then I will admit while reading it, I was like, oh, does Nancy just like sad boys a lot? Like, <laughs> We Were There is also full of sad boy. <laughs> Can't, are, are we going to talk about We Were There? <laughs> oh, we can. I, yeah. I actually... Uh, I searched my old Twitter DMs and when we were setting this up and I realized um, I had talked to you about like chapter one, uh, page 77. That's a total ode to we were there. Um, and I do, oh, yeah. I do see this series as, uh, as heavily influenced by we were there. I, I don't think people in this country realize how big we were there. Bokuragayita was um, in Japan. Mm-hmm. But if you look at this, you can see that she does some, you know, odes to We Were There. And one is that field scene uh, where Futaba and Ko are looking at each other across the grass, which mm. is a very memorable scene from We Were There. Yeah. And then there's also, I think it's the chapter 10 title page in volume three. If you look at that, it completely really looks like... Uh, uh, Yano and we were there. Yeah, so I feel like there are little respectful odes in this work to that 
one. Interesting. I'm trying to go to chapter 10's title thing. Yeah, now. it was like there was like a C4 that Yuki Obata did where it's just this like dark background, stark blue with Yano in front. But it just reminded me of that too. I was like, because they're both they're both similar stories in that yeah. the hero has been dealing with a terminal illness with his mom and it has caused his character, his grieving has caused his character and to change. And he's been, you know, distancing himself um, from people in the heroines trying to come to terms with that. Um, so I think We Were There is a lot it's a it's a bigger journey than this one. This one is a little bit lighter in tone and more comedic, um, but they both kind of have that aspect to them. No, definitely, yeah. Even without all the like specific odes, I was like, yeah, no, this is definitely uh, like we were there, light um, in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, I I was I was about to call it that too, but then I'm like, well, you know, I mean it's still amazing like it I wouldn't oh, yeah, say no. it's not it's not a like takeoff no it's more uh here's my answer to an inf- a very influential work I would say yeah and I think yeah like they're great at different things like Aohari Rai like you know we were there is is darker and tackling those darker themes uh more at the forefront mm-hmm. uh but I think our heart ride is again just very good at being like way more everyday relatable and like showing how you should handle very difficult situations uh that you know uh again are everyday relatable not like oh okay i like your but it's so good at like the here's how you move on from a, a big loss to like i really love the line from futaba at some point she tells ko you know, if, if you have this giant hole in your heart now, uh, you can't fill it with just one other giant thing. You can try to fill it with a bunch of, of smaller things. And I was mm-hmm, like, oh, that's mm-hmm. really that's really poignant. And I've never like thought of something like that before. I was like, oh, this, I like it. Yeah, I feel like Yuki Obata like will take the floor from you. But like Iyo Sakisaka will keep it in there. She'll give you a little more reassurance and yeah. like it's more of a perspective on how to how to see things in a different perspective, I think is what Iyo Sakisaka really thinks about a lot. Whereas um, Yuki Obata, it's more like, here's this journey. It's real. Here's here's the reality of the emotion and you're going to feel it full on, you know? yeah. No, that, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, because Iwasaki Saka, I think, is a good romat for, again, just like, what happens when you like the same person as your friend likes? Or, yeah. uh, you know, just like, yeah, little things that could come up and become big things normally in society because we're... And just dealing with them, yeah. Yeah, you know, we're like, we don't want to upset people. And then in not upsetting people, we make it into like a bigger thing. And then she's mm-hmm. just like, I will show you how it can be easier than what you imagine it can be, you know? Like, yes, yes. And I'm like, thank you. Right. Yeah, that's good. So again, Ko's is my favorite character. I do love me the Ko. <laughs> just like I love me the Yano and his shirts back in the day. Yes. <laughs> Although Mr. Tanaka is the one with the good, like, funny shirts now, I gotta say. <laughs> They're related, so it's fine. <laughs> um... But the next big character we're introduced to, I do feel like the side characters have not come into their full yes. yet, but like we have Yuri, 
Makita, who is kind of like Futaba's first real friend. And I'm like, okay. It's interesting because you don't see them have like a lot in common, but they're like, you know what? We like to have demeanor in common. And I'm like, you know what? That's a, that's valid. <laughs> um, you don't have to be like, oh, we both like the same anime. You just have to be like, hey, we both like honest people and hanging out and that's cool and i'm like cool i think it's a big point for futaba because she knows if she befriends yuri that she's going to be ostracized by everybody else but she still does it you know at a, at a certain point she's she realizes and i think taking that risk was a pretty big jump for her yeah that's true that's true yeah she 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 gets into it knowing uh yeah, I guess she's just like, well, I guess it's fine if Yuri becomes my friend. And I'm like, you don't know that Yuri wants you to be her friend. Like, people don't just be like, oh, I'm so desperate for friends that anybody who bothers will is like now my friend, you know? And I'm like, oh, but I'm glad it worked out. Um, Yuri is so kind, though. You know, she's like, yeah, I find her, she's probably the kindest character. Definitely. Yeah, she definitely reacts with abundance amount of kindness. And I'm like, where, how did you learn that at 15? And then the other one in their group is Shuko, who, Shuko, I did really like the side story explaining how she fell in love with Mr. Tanaka. I know that Iosaki Saka had complained in the note before it that she was like, oh, I haven't had to write short stories since, you know, like oh, I right, debuted yeah. and... She's like, oh, it's so, it's so hard. You know, it's harder with less pages to convey exactly what you want to convey. And I'm like, well, you did it, all right? <laughs> you definitely did it. Um, she explains the backstory of how uh, Shuko came to love Mr. Tanaka. And it was basically, you know, again, I really loved just like the finding yourself metaphor where he's like, what do you mean if you, if you, because she's just like, I want to, they're filling out a, um, what are you going to do after you graduate thing? And she's like, I just want to travel the world and find myself. And he's like, sounds more like you're running away. <laughs> and I'm like deep and true. <laughs> and then he was like, you want to see my like birthmark on my, you know, he's, he's kind of like the first person who's like giving her the time of day and like really trying to push her to be herself. And so they just have really cute interactions. And then she's just like, she writes on the sheet. I want to be Mr. Tanaka's wife. And I was like, that is bold and awesome <laughs> but bold <laughs> yeah I really like how this storyline was treated because you can tell Shuko is she doesn't have many friends so she really kind of latches on to Mr. Tanaka yeah. um, and he realizes that right like so he's trying oh, yes. to make her find friends her own age and get involved and that short story although it is there's definitely romantic moments in it because it is about beauty marks and like staring at eyelashes. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I love, um, I guess it's a little bit later. It's not in that particular story, but when she asks him, you know, like if I wasn't your student, would you like me? You know? And he's like, there is no if, and I was just like, you are the hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he just handles it perfectly. And, um, and I also think because he's a little bit clueless about how his actions are interpreted, mm -hmm. I feel like he is absolutely the precursor to uh, Love Me Not Kaozumi. 
Uh, he's a character. He's he's kind of this like spacey character who doesn't realize like what he can say can be interpreted as flirting. And so I'm like, oh, you're the precursor to Kazumi and love me, love me not. But uh, but yeah, I really like Mr. Tanaka. And it was interesting working on this because I was doing daytime shooting star at the time. Mm. And to see like these mangaka know each other, like the creator of Shortcake Cake and Daytime Shooting Star, they all know each other. And to see how they're talking about a student teacher relationship in different ways, I thought was really interesting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, oh, shoujo manga always loves this student teacher relationship stuff. I'm like, no, (laughs) it's so dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, I think we I think we see it differently. I actually haven't seen that many in the current lineups for mm-hmm. quite a while. Um, there's always like maybe one every once in a while, but I thought this one was done really well. Um, and it's usually, it's usually, it's a little bit different with daytime shooting star, but I, but with Aoha to ride, you know, they're, it's not the main focus, right? Yeah. Um, but it is handled really, really well. And so, um, I was like, wow, <laughs> this is probably the one that was handled the best out of all of them that I, you know, encountered. Yeah, no, that's definitely high praise because I'm I'm definitely like, no, I love any time, you know, a problematic trope comes up and then is handled just like beautifully. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is like, yeah, how, look how yeah. far we've come moment, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because sometimes you begin to think like, well, do they really see it that much differently? Uh, you know, yeah, like different cultures. Like, is it really? I mean, uh, there also is the argument like everything's fantasy. It doesn't matter. And, you know, let's not yeah, go yeah. down that path. But yeah, when you get one that's just you're like, oh, yes, perfect. Awesome. Great. <laughs> we do see it the same. <laughs> like, it is, this is how it should go. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I don't know why this is, but I guess I, I wanted to bring it up at the time, but forgot. But yeah, you mentioned that people in America don't realize how influential we were there was and I feel like until maybe recently people didn't really realize how big Iosaki Saka was in Japan because I feel like like a, a year or two ago when Love Me Love Me Not was coming out I was tracking you know the best uh the highest selling manga on like you know anime news network does that in Japan and like Love Me Love Me Not was like number one <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like dang <laughs> all right uh so are people in America starting to realize how big Iwasaki Saka is? I think in America, it's a little different. I think for hardcore shoujo fans, they do know creators. Mm-hmm. But I think for general fans who read manga, they still don't know creators as much. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're usually just tracking title names, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think from... I mean, she's obviously quite popular and I'm really happy that an audience here has discovered and found her stuff and is supporting her series um, because she is, she's, she is amazing. But yeah, I think, you know, it, it definitely is getting better, I would say. Um, <laughs> okay. Then, But like in Japan, it's like huge, you know, yeah. but, but the difference is that uh, slice of life there is way more popular than it is here. Although it's it's getting better. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. I've definitely been uh, 
discussing with various people, I'm like, do manga trends, especially shoujo manga trends, track really well with young adult literature trends? Um, which part of that would make sense to me, because, uh, especially since I feel that the readership of young adult is skewed more towards women. Uh, so it makes sense that there's a lot of overlap in that audience. But uh, yeah, I was like, because, you know, I'm tracking real books actually more rigorously than shoujo manga, despite having a shoujo manga podcast, just because that's what I do at work. Yeah. So I was just like, OK, yeah, you know, uh, I think there's also a lot of YA authors now who have been influenced by shoujo manga. That's true. Um, yeah. I think that's starting to show up, too. I was definitely just um, looking at Meredith Russo's Twitter. She wrote, um, if I was your girl. And it's just like all like her icons and everything are all just anime. And I'm like, all right, I see <laughs> your influences now. It's like Azokin and, and something else. So I was like, all right. Yeah, I was shocked. I was reading um, I was reading The Wicked King by Holly Black. Mm. And the whole um, epilogue is about the characters watching Yuri on Ice. <laughs> oh, dang! <laughs> so, it's not specifically mentioned, but you know because she's describing this story in detail that uh, yeah, she was watching Yuri on Ice. Wow, nice. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense to me. Yeah, so it's like you know, in the mid like 2005 to 2015 was more dominated by like fantasy, sci-fi stuff. You know, the two biggest things were, were like the biggest things that I to me that I noticed were like. Hunger Games, you know, Divergent, Twilight, <laughs> the Mortal Instruments. But now there's been more a shift to realistic fiction is really big in YA. I think it's it's like coming back around maybe, uh, especially with uh, Children of Blood and Bone and, uh, you know, Cassandra Clare is still writing <laughs> Mortal Instruments mm -hmm. stuff that becomes really big. But otherwise, in general, it was like, uh, you know, John Green's work started exploding and Rainbow Rowell and... Angie Thomas. So I'm like, okay, it, it tracks to me that, yeah, maybe in America, we're starting to be like, no, slice of life is fun. <laughs> Finally. Um, but not as big as Japan. Yeah. But there are three other side characters that I haven't brought up yet. Uh, oh, well, we, we've mentioned them, but haven't really gotten into them. So one of them is Aya Kominato, which I, I do, I definitely feel like the baton has now been passed off to him from Mr. Tanaka to be like, and now you will finish the race in the last six volumes. You will come into your own, Mr. Aya Kominato, sir, <laughs> to chase uh, Shuko because he has a crush on Shuko. You gotta love a guy who like doesn't confess in a maid uniform, but sort of does. <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah. he was just I like love that rocking scene. that. <laughs> I just I was like, you're you're in a maid uniform, and you're like, I'm not cool enough yet, but. <laughs> You know, it was great. <laughs> but someday I will be once I get out of this damn maid uniform. <laughs> as soon as I get out of this. <laughs> yeah, there's actually um, a story coming later on about his childhood and kind of why he has the perspective he does, which is great, too. I really like him because he's just kind of and he's like. I like when he sticks up for Ko. He's like, don't let these honor students make fun of you. We know you're smart. We'll we'll make sure that you're you're smart, buddy. Um, he's just like an all around, yeah, like solid, solid wingman character. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely would have him as my friend. Yeah. Then there's Toma, who is Ko's love rival for Futaba. They have a very awkward meeting story. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah. 
the way they meet is like, yeah, Futaba is running out of a like, you know, like McDonald's esque restaurant at some point and runs into him and then accidentally has her hand in his crotch. And he's like, that's awkward. And then like, they're both like, we should talk about it to each other later about how that's awkward. And I'm like, should you? <laughs> should you? <laughs> this is apologize for this awkwardness. I'm like, I don't know, you guys. <laughs> that's pretty weird. <laughs> um, but Toma's all like, yeah, Fusaba is nice and cute. And I like that she's a little bit tomboyish and not trying to be a, a fake girly girl because he's like, I have sisters. I know what they're really like. I know they're secret monsters inside. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, it's Toma. This is a very weird trajectory you're having right here, but all right. You seem like a nice boy. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about Toma. I like Toma. I don't necessarily like him with Futaba. But I do like him as a character. Mm, you don't like him with Fusaba, but you like him with somebody else. That's what I just heard. <laughs> That's how I'm interpreting it. Um, I've read farther than you, so I'm yeah. not gonna. I'm not gonna comment. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I think he. I think he's an important aspect of the story, and I think for some people who like that, they like the really simple path of one guy, one girl. You know, like kind of going through it. Um, so I know like as this was coming out, there were some people who loved Toma and some people who loved Ko. I love Toma and I think he plays an important role, but yeah, he, yeah. I'm, I'm all up in volume 12 right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, but Ko though, <laughs> but Ko. I like Ko a little bit better than Toma, but I do like Toma. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody always makes fun of these love triangle things. Like, that's not realistic. And I'm like, I don't know. I can think of at least one friend who had, like, a love triangle situation in high school. I'm like, it's realistic enough, guys. <laughs> it's fine. I think there actually are a lot of love triangles. I think uh, maybe they don't come to the fore as much. But, yeah. I mean, there was a time in college where... I'm not saying it was me particularly, but it was like too many people are getting together with too many people that I know, you know, like, mm. like, yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, then the last character is Yui Narumi, who I have not been given reason to like so far, I must say. She is Ko's friend under tragic circumstances. Her... Was it her dad is the one who got sick? Well, yeah, because her mom won't live with her, yeah. Um, so her her dad had the same cancer as Ko's mom, and they both died, and they're from divorced families. And now Yui's mom just, like, is like, no, I don't want to live with you. And so Ko feels very bad because Yui, like him, had to move to this different area, which is definitely a fake town like all the train stations are named after like are like plays on Iosaki Saka's name and other and like Alhar Ride and stuff so definitely not a real place as far <laughs> as I can tell <laughs> um, yeah uh so you know Ko's like she doesn't have anybody I have to be nice to her because otherwise she'll have nobody and I don't want that to happen. That seems like a bad thing. And everybody's like, but Ko, you shouldn't, like, you're, just, you're not helping her this way. And he's like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. And, uh, yeah, it's just very difficult. But I'm also like, Yui, why are you ruining 
why are you ruining end game ship here for a little bit? Do you is Yui redeemed in the end, or do you like Yui? Did you ever have a problem with Yui? I mean, you said you liked all everybody before, so. Oh, you're holding me to that now. Um, <laughs> I am. I remember. I that. have some issues. I have some issues with Yui. I mean, I love when she said, you know, to Futaba, she was like, if you're not willing to do anything for him, like, maybe you should step aside. And I'm like, okay, see, that sounded really cool. I'll give you that. But no, <laughs> like, like, get yeah, out of here. She's not, she's not above using what she has to get what she wants. The difficulty is she's in very tragic circumstances. So you can understand and you can feel empathy for her. But yeah. she still is a manipulative character. Well, it's also just like, yeah, the problem isn't to me so much the manipulativeness, I guess. It's more the like, Yui, no, you haven't not... got you haven't gotten there. Oh, yeah, no. You just haven't gotten there. But yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> Yui. <laughs> well, yeah. to me right now, my biggest problem is that she's like definitely not trying you know <laughs> like she's just like cozy yeah, I mean, it's a hard thing I think at this point in the story I don't I do feel more empathy for her than anything else but later on <sighs> not so much Yui what are you gonna do I'm so I gotta go find out later <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I have those two other volumes on my on <laughs> in my Kobo in my phone <laughs> just download them <laughs> Yeah, so that those are all the big main characters. I would assume that other big characters don't come in in the second half of this manga, but what do I know? I haven't read it yet. <laughs> um, so we did get some, uh, a listener question slash comment, uh, so we'll, we can address that. So this is from C. Samaria L. on Twitter. I apologize if I said it wrong. Again, I'm very bad at names. <laughs> um... So the whole comment is and question is, what do you think about Haru Ride compared to Strobe Edge, which again is uh, Iosaki Saka's first work? Uh, I knew I liked Our Haru Ride better right away because I found Ko far more interesting than Re than Ren from Strobe Edge. I also really like that Futaba has a past. She was ignored by girls in her class in middle school because guys thought she was pretty, which caused her to pretend to be a tomboy. Which is refreshing. Which is refreshing compared to most female protagonists in shoujo manga, who tend to be, uh, quote unquote, blank slates. Oh man, are, are you compared to? Are you prepared to compare Alharu Ride and Strobeds, Nancy? Uh, Actually, I have a confession to make. Um, I read part of Strobeds while it was coming out in Japan, and I really liked it, mm -hmm. but I did not finish it, and that was many years ago now. So um, I need to update myself on Strobage. Oh, so clearly you weren't the editor on that one. <laughs> no, you know, I really liked it, but those were crazy days. Those were like extreme manga boom, um, magazine going on at the same time. Like there was just not enough mm. time in the day. Like I just read it and I'm like, I really like this. Um, and then Amy read it too. And Amy's like, oh, I really, really like this. And so... Amy did work on that one. That makes sense. But yeah. I will, because there actually is in volume 13, the Strubbage characters do come in. So I will be reading it soon. I will finish Whoa. it. 
okay actually that wait that i thought the strobe edge characters made a cameo they do yeah they do. they're, they're the train they station, are also, right? they're in the um yeah train station okay but they are all there's also in volume 13 there's a little okay i was like i'm not crazy why are these characters more prominent than the others yeah, the the little, yeah i was looking that i'm like oh they're sharing uh you know dongo a little meat bun or something and then i'm like oh <laughs> yeah i was like wait a minute <laughs> This, there has to be a reason for this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm glad I, I that that came up. Yeah. Okay. Well, I did read all of Strobe Edge and yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Again, I have. I think that Al Hari Ride is harder to. Ge- it was harder to get into for me just based on like volume one. To me, was like this is very. I don't, again, I don't know where it's going. Like it was kind of like disconcerting, and I didn't know right. like who anybody is. Um, but then after that, I think it, it does really well. Strobe Edge, my, again, I, I'm like fuzzy on the details. Uh, we did cover it on this podcast, so, you know, <laughs> you can go listen to my thoughts about Strobe Edge there. But Strobe Edge, I, I definitely remember reading it the first time and being like very underwhelmed and then reading it again for the podcast and being like, actually, I really, I really did uh, appreciate this more the second time. Mm-hmm. So in, in that way, I'm having different reactions because Al Hard Ride, after I got past the first volume, I was like, oh, okay, actually, there are really uh, great, uh, relatable, uh, somewhat, uh, you know, circumventing normal shoujo tropes and just being excessively cute stuff in here. Um, where yeah. Strobe Edge, I was like, this this took longer to, to build on me, I guess. Yeah, I think Strobe Edge is like a straight line, you know, narratively. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Al Hard Ride has some components because she's trying to up the complexity a bit. So it has some other components going on. And yeah, I think there is a definite change. I, I feel like uh, Saki Saka matures in each work. I think that Al Ride is like uh, a different kind of development than Strobe Edge and then Love Me, Love Me Not, I find is a much more mature series than Al Ride. Um, in some ways it's just like she keeps kind of upping it so in different ways that's good yeah no that that's great because I feel like sometimes you know authors you're like you are stuck in a th- in doing the same things um you need to get out of this <laughs> yeah no I think she really tackles challenges of uh characters quite well and adding different aspects to them and I think Owl Ride is where she's like starting to go for that more and then love me, love me not. You you definitely have these like polar opposite characters. Like she she wanted to have two heroines instead mm. of just one to have two perspectives. Um, yeah, so I think she just she tackles those new challenges each time. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I will say that Strobe Edge is still my favorite uh, name of the manga. <laughs> out of all of it. Yeah. Uh, Strobe Edge is definitely like, I'm like, man, every time I hear that name, I'm like, it's so cool, man. <laughs> um, this comes from a person who really likes like electronic dance music and stuff. So I'm always like, right. it sounds like you're going to have a rave or something. <laughs> like, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, it is a catchy title, you know? Yeah. Like, dang, I wish I had, uh, I hope I can come up with someday anything that's remotely as catchy as Strobe Edge. Like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> That was all I wanted to address about that comment. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to say about that in particular. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, then we can 
do uh now it's time for shipping corner abridged and yes we're only going through volume seven nancy <laughs> okay okay so did you have i mean obviously i guess we're all rooting for ko <laughs> and futaba but for me yeah it's hard like i'm like i like kominato and shuko yeah and i like like that kominato likes shuko but uh-huh. I definitely need to see more of, like, why. So I'm very excited for that to come, apparently. Because otherwise it's just like, you know, he's just a big, nice dude who's like, Shuko! Yeah, this, this, this goes into, you have to read further on. Because ah. there's definitely stuff that happened between Shuko and Kominato in the past. You don't know that yet. Oh, man. The plot thickens. Yeah. I guess I am curious. I mean, obviously we very much appreciate... Um, Mr. Tanaka's hand, handling of the situation. But do you think that he actually did like Shuko? It doesn't matter. <laughs> You're there, gonna is no if. there is no if. There is no if. There is no if. Oh, but it's torturing me, Nancy. <laughs> there is no if. I, I, I respect his, his comment, so. <laughs> oh, that's so big of you, Nancy. That's so big of you. <laughs> I'm definitely like, ah, but I need to know. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going with yes. <laughs> uh, I go with yes based on what he said to Kominato, where he's just like, sometimes, you know, like I'm not actually that like that much older than you, but I have to pretend basically that I am. <laughs> I have to pretend that I'm way more mature. And I'm like, that is actually like pretty relatable. Um, even Even yeah. now, like these days, I'm like, you know people are like i need an adult around to do something and i'll look around being like who's a more adult adult than me like (laughs) i don't count that's not a thing yeah you don't realize like yeah maturity is not the 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 mind frame you have thinking of adults when you're younger is much different when you're an adult and you're in your own mind frame if that makes sense yeah, no. When you're when you're young, when you're like five, you think somebody who's fifteen is like an adult, basically, and then you become twenty five, and you're like the fifteen year old is a baby. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, am I adult? I don't feel like an adult. Yeah, okay. and then you're like, wait, I'm still a baby too. Oh no, it's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> terrible. <laughs> okay, yeah. Also, at this point in shipping, I'm like, all right, you know, Yuri and Ko was already like shot down because Ko was like, uh, you know, I don't I don't see you that way. And I'm like, Yuri hasn't been proposed the second boy. I'm like, oh, man, she's she going to get Toma. Is she going to get Toma? Don't tell me. But I, <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe. Yeah. So I just hope that uh, Yuri gets a boy in the end. <laughs> Basically where I'm at now. Mm hmm. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not spoiling. No spoilers. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's like, that's how hard we ride. But I wanted to ask a, a translation question um, about, there was one point where I'm pretty sure it was Ko used the word thick. And I was like, whoa, what was that in Japanese? <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh... <sighs> Here's the thing, like, I try to avoid slang because it can really date a work. Yeah. Um, But in this case, for what it was referring to and what it actually meant, I did 
have that because um, it was really slang in Japanese and yeah. So (laughs) it had the aspects of what that word means. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's in there. You're like, it just has to be, it just like, it was such like a, yeah, it, it was, it was highly. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have the Tonkaban with me right now. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I get that it's there because, yeah, he's hanging out with, like, his weird thug friends that he, like, goes trying to be a bad boy even though he's, like, really not. It was just, like, such a... I was like, whoa. (laughs) Did not expect to read thick in the right? What's up? Yeah, there's a couple times where, you know, the slang... Like, it it really needs to have that tone of being slang. But you know that it can be jarring, but then it's like, but then it actually has to be that because if you put it a different way, it's going to have a different connotation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> it was just very, it was very funny to me. I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. But do we have any other uh, final thoughts about the first seven Oh, volumes? I wanted to bring up Ko's notebook because I think that's just so awesome. <laughs> oh yeah so he's like scribbled in his notebook like you know Futaba Yoshioka you know and um yeah, and the thing that cracks me up and it I don't know like how much but this this notebook keeps coming back in the series and it's like he won't get rid of it and it keeps getting discovered by people and it just cracks me up it's just so perfect and hilarious oh but then he tore the page out how dare you go <laughs> He's going to regret that one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it has, there's like flashbacks about it later too. Oh, good. So um, in volume, in volume 12, actually, because that's <laughs> what I've been uh, working on. So yeah, I just, I love the idea of that where you just, you know, here's my secret crush and I'm going to keep it in a notebook and then, you know, embarrassment of embarrassments. It's discovered by his older brother and then other stuff so is discovered by kominato at one point <laughs> yes yes and then there's more but i but that's in later volumes so. nice yeah you would think he would put it in like a drawer you know like <laughs> well he okay. probably has a small room and not much storage but yeah but it just cracks me up you know it's it's just one of those things where like yeah a comedy of errors right yeah <laughs> okay yeah. So again, this is a an interesting podcast because yeah, now we're gonna have to wait a couple months to do the second half. Um, but uh, yeah, I assume you will come back for that, Nancy. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's fun. Okay, great. Um, but otherwise, people will have to be tortured waiting for our final thoughts, our real final <laughs> thoughts on how hard ride. But uh, I'm, I'm really interested to hear how you think about Tomo later on. Oh no! And uh, how you think <laughs> about Yuri? Yeah, there's going to be a lot, and maybe even Futaba. We'll see. Oh God, no! This torture is <laughs> so torturous. All right, well. Dang. And so like, oh no, do my sweet babies get less sweet baby? No. <laughs> do they get more sweet baby? <laughs> I'm tortured right now. Okay. Thanks for listening to Shoujo and Tell. Comments, questions, constructive criticism, concerns. Need to guess about your OTP? Email shoujo and tell at gmail.com or leave a comment on the episode's YouTube page. 
We're at Shoujo and Tell on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Uh, Nancy, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Um, well, you can find uh, Shoujo Beat Manga on viz.com. Um, I also oversee the Twitter and other social media accounts for Shoujo Beat. That's at Shoujo Beat. Yeah, <laughs> very. You get to speak to so many people. <laughs> I, you know, I really like talking to the fans, um, and I like to hear what people are thinking about the books. I think that's a nice little way to interact. But the thing is, um, this this is totally a tangent. But you know, when we were talking previously about fans and whether they know author manga authors versus titles. Mm-hmm. it's really different because like online there are so many people who know Saki Saka, you know, but then if you go to a convention, like I remember when vampire night was at its height mm-hmm. and I asked a couple con goers, I thought it was the easiest question. I'm like, who wrote vampire night? Cause they were like in cosplay. I'm like, obviously, you know, uh-huh. no, they did not know. No. <laughs> so it's like, it's a completely different dynamic. Um, which is why I say like, yeah, like, online is really you know hardcore but then like there's a whole nother audience out there who you know just has different different perspective different different things they're into yeah that makes sense to me even me like I normally people will be like do you know x like a title or an author and I'll be like no and then they'll name the other part of the equation like if they named author they'll name title and i'll be like oh yes (laughs) i do you know like i need both kind of to to understand um yeah it makes sense uh but everybody should go know iosaki sakamore in america (laughs) that's still a thing she's amazing yes yeah Uh, So are are you excited every time you see a new episode from us? If so, please consider leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts. This will help the podcast reach more hearts, or at least ears. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next time for Beastmaster by Kyosuke Motomi, and that will be with Asher. Again, because this is, you know, we can't can't do Alhara Red next, so we're going on to Beastmaster. I feel like I said I was doing Beastmaster before this episode, so for real, it's going to be Beastmaster next time. Stay tuned until then. Bye.